Bama survives, Lamar gets a win on the Chiefs, Ben Simmons drama, and a college football theme rank it all on this week's pod. And Manning's gonna eat one. Is, oh, there's a flag. Back to the one-handed catch. Box. Back out to Allen. History part of Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. This is What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode three of the Crew Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Joaquin, joined here by Vito Patel. How you doing, Vito? I'm doing really well. How are you, Michael? Not bad. Another good week of football. Great week. We had a few top 25 matchups this week. And I mean, we touched a little bit on some of them last week to preview them, but Wow, these games are better than I expected. Let's start off with Bama versus Florida. You kind of thought this was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought Alabama was going to absolutely destroy Florida. But, you know, you were right on this one. No, I didn't think it would be, like, that close. I thought, like, two touchdowns or, like, ten points or something. But, honestly, it should have went to overtime. Like, the only reason it didn't and the only reason Florida ended up getting stopped on the last two-point conversion was because they missed the extra point earlier in the game. And I mean, uh, if yeah. they if they made the extra point and they would have just kicked the extra point in the end, it would have been going to overtime. Like, overtime's a toss-up, especially the, the way Florida closed the game pretty strong. Yeah, no, I was so surprised. Like, the game started off very dominant Alabama. It's 21-3 at the end of first quarter. I was like, yeah, I, I was right. This, this game's going to be a blowout. But then, honestly, Florida absolutely destroyed Bama the next few quarters. And they won the rest of the game. And, like, looking at the stats, Alabama only rushed for 91 yards this game. And Florida, 244. And, like, just looking at the highlights of that game, Florida absolutely dominated both lines of scrimmage. Their defensive line was better than Alabama's, and their offensive line was better. It was crazy, actually. I didn't expect another team to beat Alabama in the trenches. I mean, their first three drives were touchdowns. Yeah. And, like, when I saw the end of the first quarter, 21-3, I was like, okay, this is getting out of hand quick. And honestly, outside that first quarter, it was all Florida the rest of the game. Bama was lucky to have an early start, but they did not match up with Florida the rest of the game. It made Bama look like at least beatable because, I mean, before this game, I mean, I know it was only two weeks, but like, yeah, I didn't think anyone was touching Bama. Yeah, no one was in the same playing field as what I thought. I didn't think Florida was all that good. They lost all that talent to the NFL. So I thought Florida was like very overrated this year, but I was wrong about Florida. Florida is absolutely really good on both sides of the ball. They could have, they should have beat Alabama. Bama's still young, though. Yeah, it was a good test. The only thing that matters at the end is that they won. Yeah. So I think they're going to come even better out of this. Uh, Next week is like a easy game for them. But then after that, they go Mississippi, who's 13th right now. And then Texas A&M at 7th, back to back. Ole Miss is actually so good this year. I think Ole Miss is my like pick for the most underrated team of all teams like in college football right now. They're scoring so many points. I mean, it's not like they played anyone too tough. They're dropping a lot of points on everybody they play. And their quarterback is in favor to win the Heisman. And so Ole Miss is going to be tough. They could score on Alabama. I just don't know if they could stop Alabama. SEC West matchups like Bama and Ole Miss or Bama and Auburn, those are always tough games for for Alabama. Absolutely, yeah. Because if they come out of this like dominant and winning, that proves enough to me from Bama. I made a good observation. Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And I guess I want to add Notre Dame to this. Uh, I was looking into it. Alabama and Ohio State had the most players lost in the draft this year, with 10 each. And Notre Dame had the second most, with nine players lost in the draft, four of which are on the offensive line. Losing talent in the NFL definitely slows teams down. It seems like the other teams are kind of somewhat catching up. All the teams from last year lost their quarterbacks. Everyone's got new quarterbacks this year. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Clemson looks awful on offense. Their defense looks elite. And they lost Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. And, like, it just makes me think, like, all these teams had some good dynasties. You know, Ohio State lost Justin Fields. Alabama lost Najee Harris. Uh, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertan, and uh, Mac Jones. Like, you know, all these guys. Well, In the first round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all these guys lost a lot of talent. So it's no surprise that they're starting off slow. But they're still all well coached. And I think they're all rebound. Well, most of the teams that you mentioned are well coached. <laughs> yeah. uh, next game <laughs> Penn State versus Auburn the whiteout at oh, Penn State was cr- electric 
So I said last week, Bo Nix, I thought he'd struggle a little bit on the road, but he didn't like play great, but he still had a good game. Like it looked good. Yeah, I agree. And he still like led his team for the most part. But Penn State played really well. Clifford played well. That Clifford to Dawson connection was good all game. Bro, I love Jahan Dotson. He is, oh my God, he's so fun to watch. That connection was good all game. I think Dotson had a pass, if I'm not mistaken, that was like a really brilliant play. So Penn, just had, Penn State just had so many brilliant strategies in that game, and the crowd was electric for sure. Dawson actually has a, a 100 QBR for that one pass. <laughs> Amazing. So he, he outplayed Clifford. <laughs> he's better than his own quarterback. Yeah. He showed him how it's done. <laughs> it was close until the end, too. I think. Honestly, the only difference was Auburn had to settle for like two field goals and Penn State yeah. finished all their drives with touchdowns. Penn State's defense played uh, pretty well too. Penn State's offense was pretty consistent. It was all around like one of those like both sides of the ball for both teams are good. Yeah. But the home field team persevered because the crowd was so electric. It was just so hard for Auburn to play a really good game. But I mean, they did play a good game. Bo Nix had an okay, solid game. Tank Bigsby had a good game as a running back. But he didn't have a great game, and Penn State still held him check. So, I mean, overall, it's it was a great game. It was, That's two good wins for Penn State now over Wisconsin and now it, Auburn. Yeah. Penn State was so bad last year, too. Yeah, so, it's, it's great to see how well they, they rebounded, like, really well. Oh, on to, like, not as good news for us. IU versus Cincy. No. Started off really well. They were up 14-0. Which, honestly, could have been 28-0 if... Penix didn't throw that interception in the end zone or they didn't have that fourth and one stop in the red zone. In general, I think the biggest momentum change in that game was when uh, Micah McFadden had that targeting call. Indiana was about to stop since he uh, and they're about to get the ball back already up 14-0. But like on third down, McFadden had a targeting call, which arguably is IU's best defender. So he's out for the game. They get 15 yards. They score a touchdown. Just momentum shifted always. But IU looked really strong in general. But Penix, I'm kind of disappointed. Like, three interceptions again? IU's biggest thing this year that's cost them now, turnovers. They already have seven turnovers on the year, and Penix has six interceptions. And, like, one of the games that we played against Idaho, and, like, we didn't do anything. So that doesn't even, like, count. So, honestly, in, like, two games, we have seven turnovers. Penix has to take care of that ball. If he if he didn't throw those picks, like I know that's an if. If he they just played a little cleaner, IU probably could have won this game. That would have been if huge. they didn't make those mistakes on offense. Interception in the end zone, costly turnover at bad time in the second. Yeah, just overall just bad passes by Penix. Because the thing is, IU's schedule is already like hard enough as is. So we have yeah, we have Penn exactly. State coming up. We have Ohio State. We have Michigan. Michigan State. Yeah, that's loaded. Yeah, that's a tough schedule. So. Yeah, you you got to let the other team beat you. You can't beat yourself. IU could be a good team and still end up with like five or six losses just because of the schedule. IU already lost to two top 10 mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, but they're going to and... play a few more, like three more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those weird schedules where it's like that 7-5 team, like if they're 7-5, they could be a really good team, but you, could, you can't tell because the schedule is just so yeah. hard. And they'll hurt their like ranking if they even get ranked. But yeah, it's one of those weird games too. Since he doesn't look good beating IU, but in reality, since he had a great win against IU too, IU is not a bad team, especially playing in Memorial Stadium. Like the crowd's been loud, and it was packed. Yeah, exactly. Student section was going crazy. You saw they it took ripped a out a bleacher. <laughs> yeah. Bleacher report uh, reported about the missing bleacher. A bleacher. <laughs> Notre Dame versus Purdue. I remember you were saying like it wasn't like completely full the previous week. Yeah. But let me tell you, this one was packed. Yeah, the green out. Yeah, I heard this game. There's a much better of a home crowd for sure. Oh, and the tailgates before was like you could not walk through any of the parking lots or anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Though. It was so full. That's what I love to see <laughs> game day itself. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of Purdue fans because like yeah because just because of location honestly a lot of purdue fans were so confident they're gonna win the game like i i saw that on twitter and a lot of espn analysts like predicted purdue to win and like i'm not saying this Notre Dame team is great but like still it's purdue not that bad. <laughs> yeah exactly it's purdue it was kind of close though yeah yeah like again i saw like more of the same from notre dame like it was a little step forward I don't know, actually. I thought it was, like, a little better than, than last week. We didn't need, like, a last-second touchdown to win. Yeah. I think what really happened is our defense didn't give up any big plays. 
Yeah, that was a, a step in the right direction. Kyle Hamilton had an amazing game. 10 tackles and an interception, a couple of pass deflections. Like, and he had that huge 4-1 tackle. I mean, the defense made plays and didn't give up any big plays. So that was huge. The offensive line, I just don't understand like what's going on with the offensive line, though. Uh, honestly, all of our touchdowns were big plays. Deep strike to Avery Davis, Kyron Williams, that fourth down pass, or then that huge run by Kyron Williams again. They're all like big plays, but we couldn't drive down the field because the offensive line couldn't hold, which is just not a good sign to think of. Over the next couple of weeks now, they're getting they're gonna get tested. Oh, for sure. I think honestly, the hardest five game stretch of any team, like any team's gonna face in college football. So if you play Wisconsin, uh, and they came off a bye week, we're gonna play Cincy, mm-hmm. who's gonna come off a bye week. But yeah, we have we have such explosive players that like can make plays like Kyron Williams, those huge plays in the open field this week. Like if you just imagine that dude if you had blockers, you have a season like he had last year, which he'd have he'd be like Adams that one year yeah, he was like a yeah, Josh Adams. Heisman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like dang, it kind of I'd hate to like I'd hate to be Kyron right now because like it's for fresh near basically beat up. Yeah, yeah. He was killing it. Now this year he's like, dang, what's happening? Looking at some other top 25 teams, the Big Ten looks good. I mean, they have six ranked teams. Only the SEC has more with seven. But the Big Ten is deep this year. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, IU could be there if they didn't have such a hard schedule to start the season. Or even Maryland. Maryland's like 30th, I think. Heck, even Nebraska gave Oklahoma a run for its money this weekend. (laughs) The Big Ten Mm -hmm. has been looking tough this year. Dang, Notre Dame has to play a Big Ten team. Yeah, and and one of the the good ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we did play Purdue, <laughs> but I meant like yeah, the good one. That's one of the few not so good Big Ten teams. Yeah. Uh, another top twenty-five team, Clemson drops in the rankings with a ugly win. Yeah. So many teams played so well this week. Rightfully so. That Clemson offense, I don't know what it is, but they can't move the ball. The defense, I think Clemson's defense is funny enough. Like It's such a huge contrast, but Clemson's defense could still probably be the best or one of the best defenses of all college football. I mean, yeah, it was more of their offense. Like, DJ pretty much got outplayed by the Georgia Tech quarterback. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, no, I have no idea. And Clemson's defense is so good. Let me fact check this, but... They've not given up a single touchdown all three weeks. Against Georgia, the only touchdown that happened was a pick six. Clemson's defense mm-hmm. has yet to give up a touchdown. And they, they still almost lost this game. Exactly. They, they could be one or two without giving up a touchdown. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pull away until the very end. I, I still wouldn't call it pulling away. They won by six. Yeah. But uh, one possession game to Georgia Tech. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like it'd be different if like both sides of the ball are like doing bad but like how can you only score 14 points at georgia tech and have like an offense with as many weapons as clemson's does like five star I have re- no idea <laughs> he only had 126 yards passing the game that's crazy yeah i don't know what the problem is though yeah i don't i don't get it either i wonder if it's an o-line problem but i don't know i doubt it they just don't do anything on offense <laughs> i mean against georgia we were like yeah like the yeah. georgia defense is like one of the best in the country, but then like the, the last two games, yeah. Well, no, last week they scored points. They scored points, but it wasn't because of DJ. DJ has still had uh, under two hundred yards passing that game, and he threw an interception to South Carolina State. Like I don't even know South Car- anything about South Carolina State. I'm sure no one does. <laughs> yeah, I don't really either. And the thing is, like, their schedule was like kind of a joke. Yeah, they'll probably win out, but like. It's not gonna mean anything. Is I mean their their biggest like their hardest game all season, outside of Georgia in week one, is probably Florida State. Okay, yeah, and Florida State's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, so, or it's either like Florida State or like Pitt. Yeah, NC State might be a little tough this. Week. Actually, upset alert! I'm calling it. NC State might beat Clemson this week. Oh no. <laughs> If Clemson's schedule was a little harder, they'd be like a four or five lost team this year. Yeah, especially the way the offense looking. I mean, mm-hmm. the weird thing, though, is like that Clemson defense, especially that front seven, is actually so good. Like, I'm not sure who could score any. Like, Georgia couldn't even score any points on them. Like, who could actually score in Clemson, though? Honestly, if they scored 14 points every single game, they would have won. They'd be 3-0. Looking ahead towards next week, we got two top 25 matchups. We got... 
number seven Texas A and M against number sixteen Arkansas in the SEC battle. I'm excited for that one. A and M is a good team, but they're not they're not that good this year. Like in comparison to the past, they lost something, but especially after that big they struggle against Colorado, like they seem fairly vulnerable. And I mean, Arkansas looks pretty good this year. They haven't played a single close game at all, and they absolutely destroyed Texas. Being in Arkansas, they're definitely going to play really well. The stadium's going to be crowded. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Texas A&M to win this one. I mean, A&M kind of struggled against Colorado. This is the beginning of a hard stretch for them, too, because after this, they go against Mississippi State and then Bama. So this is a this is a big game for them, too. I think they need this win because if they lose this, I could see them being 3-3 three and three after week six. That would be that'd be tough, but yeah, honestly, this A and M team hasn't really shown too much dominance. Like, yeah, they beat New Mexico thirty four zero, but who doesn't beat New Mexico thirty four zero kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of teams. I think it's still gonna be a close game, and A and M's a really well coached team, but I think I think Arkansas pulls this one off, and they're gonna be back at the top of the SEC, or at least close to the top. The other top 25 matchup is Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at Soldier Field. This is Notre Dame's Shamrock Series. I love Shamrock Series games, and Notre Dame always plays better in those games, and I hope that stays true this Saturday because oh, we'll so. need it. We'll definitely need yeah. it. Yeah, because like you said, Wisconsin's coming off a bye, and this is the, the beginning of like the Notre Dame's tough stretch of games because after this, we got Cincinnati. Yep, yeah. These are going to be our two biggest tests of the year, I think. And back to back, so this is this is gonna be tough. Game day is gonna be there. It's gonna be a big game. Wisconsin doesn't have much to prove though either. They they lost to Penn State week one, and they beat Eastern Michigan. But like I said, with Texas A and M and New Mexico, who who doesn't beat Eastern Michigan? So I really don't know much about this Wisconsin team except they're not quite as good as Penn State. But Penn State looks pretty good. Judging them just off of that Penn State loss is a little harsh because Penn State looks pretty legit this year, and it was ten to sixteen, so like it, it was pretty close. Yeah, I mean, there's not much I know, but I do know that Jack Cohn wants revenge from his old team. Like they pretty much gave the job to Graham Mertz just because he was younger. Uh, I mean, I know he was injured and he had a good year, but like Jack Cohn had a great year too. In fact, Wisconsin was better with Jack Cohn than they are like they were last year with Graham Mertz. So. With that being said, I think I think Jack Cohn's going to ball out because he's playing against his old team. Yeah, he said something about how it's going to be a little weird to play against his old team. I want that revenge game. I want that toughness. I think Notre Dame's defense has improved, and I don't think Wisconsin's offense is particularly good. But dang, if Notre Dame's offensive line struggle against Purdue and Toledo, like Wisconsin's front seven's a whole new animal. Kyron Williams is going to be met in the backfield almost every play. I think Notre Dame like shows up in these games, and they always play to the level of their opponents. So if their opponent's bad, they play pretty bad. But they got a good opponent this week. I agree. I still think I still think Notre Dame wins. I agree, actually. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. With all that being said, I think Notre Dame pulls this one off, and I'm not even trying to be biased. They just generally win their Shamrock Series games, and they play up to their opponent. All right. So on DraftKings, it has Notre Dame plus six and a half. Wow. So Wisconsin by a touchdown. Like a lot of folks thought Notre Dame was going to lose to Purdue. I mean, folks like to hate on Notre Dame, and I mean, right yeah, place goes this season. But <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin six and a half on a Fanduel. Rightfully so, because like Notre Dame hasn't proven much. But the weird thing about Notre Dame is, yeah, they do play for some reason particularly good against good teams outside of top five teams, and particularly bad against bad teams. Wisconsin, to be honest doesn't have the skill positions. They, they're good in the trenches. Their front seven on defense is good. Which will cause problems for Notre Dame. Definitely will. But I, I, I like Tommy Reese more than the, I guess, what Kelly was calling. Kelly? Kelly. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that was great. Because <laughs> we're moving the ball fairly well, given that we can't run the ball at all. Like, Tommy Reese is designing some pretty cool plays. We're passing the ball on fort and short when we go in fourth downs. Cohen's good. Like, Cohen, he, he'll get the ball out in under two seconds. So facts. yeah. When he does that, they can manage having, like, a bad line. We're not scoring a crazy amount of points, but we're scoring a good amount of points given that the quarterback has no protection. When you do these, like, quick throws, it's going to take Wisconsin's strength kind of out of the game. Exactly. They're front seven. Like, they're never going to get a sack in under a second. And, oh, my God, screen passes would be the kryptonite to Wisconsin. Especially with our, our running back. Oh, Notre Dame's good yeah. at those. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins a close one. All right, moving on to 
another college football themed rank it. And this was a good one. I feel like I'm gonna say this every week. Yeah, but they're all good. This was this was a good one. So this week we ranked the top three roughest, toughest places to play or visit in college football. Yeah, you go first because my first one is a little fried. <laughs> what? Oh, you say? I bet you're gonna say like IU or some shit. <laughs> All right, so my number three is LSU, Tiger oh, yeah. Stadium, Death Valley. They're eighteen and two at home over the last three seasons, and I mean, I feel like you know everyone down in the SEC loves their football, and mm-hmm. when you can fit a hundred and two thousand people that love their football in the stadium screaming for LSU, uh, I mean, it's called Death Valley, so it is it is deadly. No, that's a great yeah. number three pick. I was definitely considering putting that on the list. My number three toughest stadium, there's a little bias here, but it's Notre Dame Stadium. And there's... I didn't even consider putting them in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to say, and I don't really think necessarily it's the fans. Uh, sometimes they show up, especially on the night games, but there's something about it. They won 26 games in a row, which is the second most behind Clemson. But the only difference is like Notre Dame actually beats a lot of ranked teams in that run. They won eight games against ranked teams, and five uh, wins against top 15 teams since 2017. There's some weird aura in Notre Dame Stadium because they play a lot of close games too. 2018 Pitt, 2019 VTech, 2020 Louisville, 2020 Clemson, and just Toledo the other week. These were all like really losable games. But something about that stadium, it's a tough place to play and they somehow find ways to win. South Bend loves Notre Dame. like Exactly, that's true. Game day in South Bend is crazy. Everyone's almost everyone in this city is just ready for that game. All right, my number two, and we saw this last week: Penn State Beaver Stadium, especially during the whiteout games. Night games at home at Penn State in the whiteout has to be one of the toughest places to play at. It's absolutely, absolutely electric. The whole stadium is white. Like you could pick out, you could count. The Auburn fans, because the orange like kind of stuck out so much, and there were just <laughs> so few of them. In three of the last four seasons, they went without losing a home game. And that includes last year when they were pretty bad, but they still didn't lose a home game. It's one of the biggest stadiums in college football with 106,000 people. That's crazy because my number two was Beaver Stadium, Penn State. I totally agree. Oh, for, re- <laughs> for pretty much all the reasons you said. Well over 100,000 screaming fans. For some reason, those Penn State fans love their football. They're drunk. They're super loud, especially in the wideouts. Yeah, a tough place to play. And for all the reasons you said. I think it's the second biggest behind Michigan, right? I Michigan. Think. Yeah, but Michigan fans aren't all that. <laughs> Penn yeah. State fans, they're loud. So my number one then is Alabama, the Bryant-Denny Stadium. Because, I mean, to start playing Alabama anywhere at any time is hard enough. Mm-hmm. But then they also have a capacity of over 100,000. And you know when you're a dynasty as dominant as Alabama, you have a lot of fans. Absolutely. They absolutely packed. 101,000 people in there week in and week out. They're 65 and 5 at home since 2010. Who's your number one? And my number one is Brian Denny Stadium. Alabama. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the same top two. And yeah, I agree. The 65 and 5 was crazy since 2010. But even crazier is they've only lost one game since 2015. And that one loss was to an LSU team that had like, oh my God, every star. That LSU team was so good. They beat. Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma all that year by three-plus scores, and Alabama only lost to them by five. So that's how good the Bright Daddy Stadium is. You don't want to go there. You're going to lose unless you're LSU with Joe Burrow, Jamar with, Chase. With uh, NFL roster. <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. We had two. Our top yeah, two are the same. Exactly. Dang. I thought this one was going to be a little different. Yeah. I mean, but those top two are, like, well-deserved. Exactly. For sure. For number three, I was considering Michigan, but like, yeah, just because of the size and like when they do have like big games, like when Ohio State comes to town, they will fill it. Did you consider Clemson at all? I was actually. That's literally what I was gonna say. Uh, I was considering uh, Clemson's. I think they call it their stadium. I mean, it's Memorial Stadium, but some it's people Memorial call it Death Valley. As well. Yeah, they do have the longest winning streak in college football. But I, the only thing is, I don't think they played anyone tough in that streak. Like. Not that I. Yeah, I think remember. they're like thirty-four and one, in the last thirty-five games. 
that goes back to like through Trevor Lawrence days and through the Deshaun Watson days. Yeah, yeah. They don't lose at home, but to be honest, I don't think with that ACC schedule, they don't play anyone tough at home either. I think just a lot of the Big Ten stadiums, like the Big Ten stadiums, yeah, are so big. Big I mean, Ten they have, and SEC too, honestly. Yeah, but even the Big Ten teams that you didn't think would be like, like Nebraska has a huge stadium. Yeah, Wisconsin has a pretty big stadium. Iowa has a huge stadium. Yeah, facts. That's crazy. Well, Nebraska used to have dynasty all the way before we were bored, but <laughs> they they have got been pretty bad as of late. But yeah. their stadium still rocks. Huge. Yeah. Oh, Virginia Tech. They have a good stadium. Yeah, they have a good home field advantage too. Like opening week at Virginia Tech was crazy. Yeah, they played the Metallica. Yeah, and the, everyone just goes wild. All right, moving on to NFL. We had a lot of good games last week. It was very close. I thought last week, like when we were doing the picks, I thought I had a lot of locks. And yeah. I mean, we, we had pretty good picks last week. Yeah, yeah, both of us did really well, honestly. But all of those games were really close. Yeah, exactly. There's few blowouts. Like, almost all of the games went down to the... To the last possession, yeah. So, one of those, Tennessee versus Seattle. Tennessee had to come back and win with a walk-off field goal. Mm-hmm. No overtime. That was amazing. That was actually one of your picks. <laughs> I had Seattle, you had Tennessee. Yeah, they're down two touchdowns. I was like, dang, Michael, you got me there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tennessee came back. Thanks to Derrick Henry, 182 yards rushing, 55 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. And Tannehill had a game, 300 and over 340 yards passing, I think, or 370. Yeah, no, he had a great game too. Yeah, you're right. And Julio Jones is finally back. He had 128 yards yeah, receiving. Thing. Russ played really well too, but uh, especially Lockett. Lockett had 178 yards. 178 yeah, he had a big game. Receiving. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem with Seattle was they couldn't really run it. Yeah. That's fair. But like that was that was what differentiated Seattle from Tennessee. When you have King Henry, it's hard not to run. Honestly, yeah. I think what they didn't do right week one was run enough. So I'm glad they went back to the ground and pound. This was more a surprising game, I thought. Carolina versus New Orleans. What was going on there? <laughs> That's the Jameis I know. He had only yeah. 11 yards passing. He's back to his two picks. So New Orleans went from looking like a Super Bowl contender so looking like they could be a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that was quick. <laughs> I don't get Yeah, one week turnaround. Yeah, Javis was the biggest turnaround. Went from five touchdowns, no picks, to two interceptions, 9,150 yards passing. And yeah, just all, all around. Awful I mean, game. he didn't even have 150 yards last week. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. But that defense looked really good last week. But Sam Darnold looked way better than Aaron Rodgers did. I'll tell you that. Yeah, is Carolina legit? I was very down on Carolina. I did not think much of them, and I really was not very high on Sam Darnold either. Like when we talked in our first podcast, like previewing the season, yeah, I like, was not. No, high I agree. On Sam I, I thought, yeah, I thought the Jets did the right thing getting rid of him, but no, Sam Darnold's a man on his mission, and he looks good. I'm not hopping on the the Carolina bandwagon. Yeah, yet. No, I'm a, not. It's it's a trap. Convinced They're that. not even gonna win their division. It's a pretty tough division. Yeah. Saints and Pip. I'll give them that. Yeah. And then game of the week last week, definitely Kansas City versus Baltimore. Absolutely. I feel like every game Kansas City plays is such a good game and such a fun game to watch. I'd love to be a Kansas City fan. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they, I mean, they win both yeah, their they're games. Spoiled. But they, even if they lose, it's like the most fun game ever. Lamar finally gets his win over Kansas City and... What a way to do it. Like, he carried them to it. Trust Lamar. <laughs> they were down 11 in the fourth quarter. They came back strong. And, yeah, they, they won it. They had that late fourth and one call. They got it. And they didn't have to give Kansas City the ball back. I thought that was a brilliant decision. I think the commentators were saying, like, oh, it's risky going for fourth and one. Uh, But the thing is, like, it's risky giving Patrick Mahomes the ball back. Yeah, I remember we were watching it here, and I was like, I saw Fortnite. I was like, go for it, go for it. Like, I thought, in no way yeah. were they going to actually do it. I saw Lamar run back on the field, sneak it out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that was a, Yeah, that was amazing. I, I liked it, though. Because, yeah, you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball. Just win the game. And, yeah, call, you guys have the momentum anyways. The reason they kind of went down 14 was part of it was um, – Lamar's turnovers, but it was great to see him lead him down on that last drive and do a front flip in the end zone. But credit to the Chiefs, like they they came out strong on a night game, like on the road. The Chiefs are always good. Yeah, they don't take games off. 
Do you okay? So for the Monday night game, do you watch the Eli and Peyton commentary? No, but I've I've heard so much about that. It's so good. I loved it. I I'm watching that every week now. <laughs> yeah, I mean both both the Manning brothers are so funny. I saw a couple clips of it, but like I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh, it's so fun. It's just Eli making fun of Peyton's forehead, and then Peyton like <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Peyton just cheers for the quarterback. Whoever's on offense is who Peyton wants to win at that time. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And then they they'll have like guests come on and stuff. So they had. They had Gronk in the first quarter, and then I remember Brett Favre came on. I think Patrick Willis came on. Pat McAfee came on. That was good. I love Pat McAfee. All around wild. Uh, so that's ESPN two. Yeah, it's on ESPN two every week. I'm watching Dang. that from now on. <laughs> no more <was> ESPN. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyway, talking about the game, Green Bay looked looked back to normal. Aaron Rodgers was dropping dimes. Those he had a couple back to back deep throws that were just perfect. And then who was that touchdown to? Who was their tight end? Yeah, uh, Tunyon, right? Robert Tunyon. Yeah, I was looking. I was he looking. Could at not that. have dropped that pass. Like he didn't I, have to I do anything. That. All I had to do was like run, and it ended up in his hand. And he was like covered like so tightly. He had a guy right on him, and a couple like a safety coming there. Like there was there's not much space for anyone to throw the ball. But yeah, that dime was insane. He didn't even have to stick his arm out. Yeah, it was right there. The accuracy of Aaron Rodgers downfield is insane. And this is the Aaron Rodgers I know. I was surprised mm-hmm. we didn't see that at all week one. Week one, maybe even a little bit still. I think it kind of had something to do with how distracting of an offseason they had. I got to give a little credit to uh, Jared Goff. He's doing better than I thought he would. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. Like, Detroit looks better than last year. And I thought I thought they were going to go a little backwards after this last offseason. Especially after losing Matt Stafford. Yeah. But it's one of those weird things is... Stafford's looking good. It's just they're both doing better, I guess, with their new teams. A win-win trade, maybe? Yeah, I think so, actually. I mean, like, Detroit's not going to the playoffs or anything, but they still, they impressed both weeks so yeah, far. Yeah, I guess when you think of Jared Goff, personally, he's a curse on the line. He, he's no longer with a good team, so he has the ball out now. So he definitely probably took a step forward. And then now, like, Stafford, now that he finally has a good team, there's, like, no excuses not to win. They both definitely took a step up. So I think, this, yeah, this is one of those rare win-wins. Oh, I keep forgetting to ask you, but what do you think of the, the numbers, like the new number change rule? Oh, in yeah. NFL? Yeah, it was a little confusing. I've noticed, like, for example, Eddie Jackson on the Bears, you, I think he wears four now. Yeah, you, the, people can have, like, these single digits now. Yeah. It's so weird. It's I, so it takes getting used to. Like, in college, you're used to it. Like, everyone's, like, random numbers. But in the NFL, there's just, like, there's a few people that have switched this year. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird sometimes. Like, I'm not used to it in the NFL. I think uh, that one touchdown on Sunday night, uh, the Bears gave up. The one where no one touched him down, that deep pass that Safford had. Uh, I was like, where's Eddie Jackson? Eddie Jackson would never give up something like that. Lo and behold, Eddie Jackson did give up something like that. I just didn't know <laughs> he was number four. Do you like it? Uh, I, I think it's a cool concept. I just It's going to probably take me a little while to get used to. I really did not think it would feel so different. But it's so weird seeing like corners and seeing. I love the single digits. Like I think all yeah. the single digit numbers look so cool. Especially yeah, as like a I corner agree. that's like like um Ramsey being number five is so like slick. Yeah, I love that. I love I love seeing Ramsey as number five. That was cool. Or like a linebacker is number eight, like Patrick Queen. But I did not realize how much getting used to it would need. Exactly. Like just something as simple as like changing your numbers. It's a cool concept. I like I like the secondary and linebackers to have single digits. It, it is really cool. But like because that's what they do in college anyways. But it's like, you're so used to seeing the same players with the same numbers for so long. Mm-hmm. that Like, yeah, seeing that shift is like, what? Oh, and the receivers can be like number one now or, or single digits too. Wow. I like it. I like it. Looking ahead to next week now. So, actually, I'll say first. Last week, you were 14-2 and two with your picks. I was 13-3. and three, So, you got me by one. So, right now, we're tied in the season. One on one. Nice, nice. So now, going to next week, we'll start with the Thursday night game. We got Carolina versus Houston. Yeah, I'm going to have to arrive with Carolina. Plus, Houston's taking. like Houston's looking better than expected, though. I'm not going to lie. They, I definitely thought they're going to be much worse, especially since they're tanking. But they're, they're a pretty solid tanking team. Tyrod was not there to tank, it seemed like. <laughs> exactly. He didn't get the memo. But, oh, I feel so bad for Tyrod. He's out again. He got placed on IR. 
And with that, I think Houston goes back to real tanking. <laughs> they need to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Carolina is going to take this one. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold can have statement games. I agree. Start the season off 3-0. I think Carolina wins by two scores. I think Houston keeps it closer than people think. And I also think people are going to overreact to Carolina's dominant win against uh, New Orleans. I don't think they're necessarily that good. I think the Saints just had a bad game. But they they should still win by two scores, that being said. Score prediction? I'd say 24-13. Give me the Panthers. Okay, okay. I got Carolina 30-17. to 30-17, okay. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah, fairly close. All right, moving on to the 1 o'clock games. We both say Buffalo over Washington. Man, bro, Buffalo last week. Uh, I was mm-hmm. 35-0, but that was probably the least impressed 35-0 game. Really? I, yeah, I didn't watch the game, but I just saw 35-0. Like, there's no point looking at the stats for that. It wasn't even a close game. In, Wait, so what happened? So defense is clamps. Our defense is locked down, but... I'm not impressed with Josh Allen to start of the year. And I think it has to do a little bit with our O-line. Like, they're pretty bad. But Josh Allen, I don't know because he's not, like, comfortable in the pocket and he thinks it's going to collapse so quick or whatever. But he keeps throwing off his back foot again. And he keeps throwing these balls short or he'll it'll just sail over everyone. It's kind of looking like his, like, second year. I mean, given the Dolphins have a solid secondary. Same in the week, week one, one you guys also played a Pittsburgh pretty good also had yeah, a, yeah. defense. But still, I mean, last year, he worked on his mechanics so much. Last year, he looked good. He was stepping through his throws. His mechanics were a lot better. But this year, it looks so far like he's went backwards a little bit. There were so many times where he threw off his back foot. And I'm just like, why? Like he, And it was times, too, where he had room to step up. And you, he just missed a lot of throws like that. I mean, Tua got hurt. I forgot about that. Tua left early in the game, and it was like, it was a joke. I don't know if Brissett loves or hates the Bills because the last time the Bills got a shutout was at New England, and it was like the first time that's happened in New England for like 20 years, something like that. Oh, it's Jacoby? Zero, and yeah, Jacoby was in that (laughs) game too. Wow. I'm looking at the stats. Uh, I was saying uh, the Dolphin secondary is solid because of Xavier Howard. He's the one, lo and behold, who had the pick against Josh Allen. Xavier Howard, speaking of he's... He's probably, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, corners in all of the NFL. But yeah, it didn't didn't matter because they lost thirty five zero, and they couldn't put up a zero yeah. point. But yeah, good win though overall. It's, a t- it's not always about the quarterback. The defense looked really good towards the end of the Pittsburgh game and last game. They've established the run better than they have last year. But I don't know, man. Josh Allen over these first two games pretty inaccurate yeah like he, he threw like what 50 percent last week yeah and under 200 yards that was that just didn't happen last year josh allen was killing it getting close to 300 yards a lot of times more and uh high 60 percent in his completion yeah this is off to a slow start for sure but i mean the defense is definitely there and then we're playing another good defensive front in washington yeah oh true thing hopefully he gets his mojo back yeah, a lot of good tests for the Bills line, but all right, moving on. Chicago at Cleveland. And oh, this is Justin Fields. It's gonna be his first start with Andy Dalton out. I can't wait. I love Justin Fields, bro. He's such a good quarterback. Uh I know Chicago's doing this thing to protect her starter. I mean, same thing happened with Trubisky too. But luckily, uh both of them had their starters injured at some point, so they both got a chance to play early. I think Justin Fields is gonna ball out, but that being said, there's no way they beat Cleveland on the road. Like Cleveland's a different team this year. Great defense and just as good offense. Good running game, good passing game. They're a complete team. But I'm excited to see Justin Fields. Uh, one of the things Chicago struggles with is protecting the passer. And Justin Fields doesn't need necessarily good protection because he could make plays outside the pocket. He throws really well on the run. We have some quick weapons for us to get the ball to. So. And honestly, we could run the read option in Montgomery and Justin Fields. So there's so many ways to implement Justin Fields in this offense. So I'm pretty excited, but that being said, we're going to lose to Cleveland. You're a lot higher on Cleveland than I am. Because, I mean, they started off the game down to the Texans. Yeah. And, I mean, Tyra got hurt in the end, and they pulled away, and they won by 10. But, like, I don't think Cleveland wins the division. I think they, they're too talented to miss the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they make that much noise in the playoffs. However, this is a tough game to throw Justin Fields into. I, I take Cleveland too. Yeah, I agree. 
especially being his first game. Yeah. He's going to have some mistakes. I mean, I have Cleveland winning their division, so that was a little different. But still, Cleveland, Cleveland's still pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of talent. Our next game, we both have Baltimore over Detroit. We both have Tennessee over Indianapolis. We both have Kansas City over the Chargers. Was this a lock for you? Or did you honestly the Kansas City one versus Chargers? I don't know. Like Kansas City is gonna win, but I don't think it's gonna be a blowout by any means. I think uh, the Chargers play them tough, being a division opponent. The Chargers, I feel like, always play Kansas City tough, and I wanted to put Chargers for this, but I can't see Kansas City like not bouncing back after <laughs> losing last week. Was, like I can't see Kansas City losing twice in a row. Does yeah, that's, I totally agree. That was my logic for like half the games last week. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm using your logic now. There's. I can't see Kansas City dropping two games in a row. Exactly. In September. Exactly. Yeah. Kansas City's too good of a team for them to lose two in a row in September. Kansas City wins this. I'm gonna say whenever Kansas City goes to LA to play the Chargers, if the Chargers are hot during that, I'm gonna take them. Yeah. No, that'd be a good call. Yeah. All right. This next one though, we we differ a little. New Orleans at New England. <sighs> so you're pretty high on New Orleans. You think last week was a fluke? I think last week was a fluke, but I don't think they're as good as week one either. They're somewhere between week two and week one. They literally went from looking like contenders to looking like yeah, like they're going to get a top 10 pick. I don't think they're so bad where they're going to keep playing like they look like they're going to get a top 10 pick, especially with all the talent on that team uh, on both sides of the ball. New England's really good. Like They're better than last year for sure, but I, I don't think New Orleans loses two games in a row because I think overall they're just a better team than New England. I could definitely see Mac Jones winning this game uh, for the Patriots because he's been going off. Like He's by far the best rookie quarterback in this class. Yeah, so I like the way – like, Mac Jones has been accurate this year. Yeah. Like, and he, he, for the most part, takes care of the ball. I mean, he's a rookie, so, like, you're going to have picks. But he's pretty accurate. Yeah. Last week was against the Jets, but, I mean, still, uh, 22 for 30 for 186, and he took care of the ball. And – New England kind of established the run, not really. But I like New England's defense, and I think they can get Jameis in trouble, and that's kind of why I took New England. I I think it's a good pick. I just, going back to losing two games in a row logic, I don't think Saints lose in a row. (laughs) It can't happen. It can't happen. (laughs) It can't happen. (laughs) Losing streaks, though. Next, we both took the Giants over Atlanta. I think it's just, I mean, I don't know what you... I just... Atlanta just looks horrible. Yeah, they're awful. Giants are looking better than I thought. Like, they they played really well against the Redskins last week. No, I like the Giants. I just... It's just their line. And actually, when we talked about in the first pod, teams were excited for, I wanted to put the Giants in that. Mm-hmm. But I don't like Daniel Jones. And I don't like their line. But Daniel Jones last week played pretty good. And that, like, last offside call... It was kind of close. It was kind of close. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, he had that big run, too. Uh, and yes. And didn't Saquon, trip. <laughs> exactly. Just a penalty. So it still got called back, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Saquon's playing, first of all, which is already huge for them. And yeah, they're good. They're, they're good. I think they win this game. And they have 11 days to rest because they play Thursday night. Next, we got Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I took Pittsburgh. You think that's like an easy game for them? Uh. No, I just the way the Bengals looked against the Bears, at least until the very end. I, like I was kind of surprised at how bad since he played the Bears. Like the Bears absolutely shut uh, Joe Burrow down on defense. He threw three picks against us. I mean, I know the Bears have a good defense, but I think the Steelers have so a better defense. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I mean, I don't blame Joe Burrow too so much as I blame the line, especially when we have pass rushers like Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks, and them coming at Joe Burrow. Poor quarterback didn't have much time to make you know good decisions, but. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going to have just as good as a pass rush. So he's going to struggle, and I think Pittsburgh puts up a few more points. I think Steelers. So I took Cincinnati for this game. This kind of another one of my upset of the week, probably. Hey. Pittsburgh's D-line is going to cause so many problems for Burrow. Mm-hmm. But I think, like like how they did against Chicago, they, I think they'll still find a way to put up some points. Yeah. And... Cincinnati's defense is not great, but I don't think Pittsburgh's offense is either. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And I I got Cincinnati putting up like a few more points than Pittsburgh, like seventeen to fourteen, okay. or like yeah, 
like 13-10 or something like that. I mean, I think Cincinnati has offensive weapons. They just don't have protection. It's just a line issue, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think I think Pittsburgh has enough offensive weapons to outscore uh, Cincy, especially I don't think Cincy's defense is good. Like, the Bears mm-hmm. were doing well moving the ball, and then uh, Dalton got injured. And Fields played – he didn't play too well. He played okay. But the main thing was, like, Bears' defense kind of scored for us. So, like, Cincy's defense is a little better than I thought it was going to be. Next, we'll got Arizona over Jacksonville. Denver over the Jets, Vegas over Miami. Then this is what I think game of the week next week, four twenty-five. Yeah, Tampa Bay at the Rams. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, TV twelve coming into LA. But uh, the thing is, Tom Brady, like he's looking really good this year. But this team is on a different level defensively than things he's played before. Like Rams have a really good front seven and a great secondary. And then Stafford's gonna put up points too. The only thing is. Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good too. Like these are by far, in my opinion, the two best teams in the NFC. Dang, I think the only reason I'm gonna take the Rams on this one is because they have home field. So I had Rams initially, but I switched to Tampa because I was more impressed with Tampa last week than I was with the Rams. I thought the Rams should have handled the Colts a little bit better. I don't know. I'm the Colts offense has a lot a lot of weapons up, and kind of Carson Wentz got hurt towards the end. But their defense still looked like it could be picked apart. And I think Brady and Tampa, I think, are just coming in this game hotter than the Rams. They looked so good last week. Gronk had two touchdowns. Evans had a touchdown. Godwin had a touchdown. they had such a good game. The defense had two touchdowns. But that being said, they play the Falcons. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of overlooking the Colts game a little bit. I think, like, in the NFL, I, I really do think there's a rule of two, especially good teams. Teams don't really lose two games in a row without at least putting up a really big fight. And it was in Indianapolis. So I didn't expect it to be easy, but the Rams still got it done. And now they're back at home. I don't know. I just like, I like Brady. Actually, no, no. I uh, let me. I don't like Brady. <laughs> I like him for this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel you. Uh, next, I think this game will be closer than people anticipate. Seattle at Minnesota. I've been kind of impressed with Minnesota, even though they haven't won. Yeah, that's going to be a really good game. I think... Oh, that that's a tough game, actually, because Minnesota is good uh, offensively, and they make plays on defense, uh, and they're at home. Wow. Two close games. They lost in the very end to the Cardinals this week, and they lost to, in overtime to the Bengals last week. And they, they played the Cardinals really well, and they're still able to keep up. Cardinals barely won. The thing for me, though, is Seattle's always just so good in the beginning of the year, and they kind of taper off. I'm still high on Seattle. Uh, this is tough, but I I took Seattle too for this. But I could definitely see the Vikings winning this, especially the way they play the yeah. first two games. I believe in the rule of two, but rule of three is also pretty <laughs> pretty tough. <laughs> um, Sunday night football, Green Bay at San Francisco. I'm high on Green Bay. I think they're getting back. I'm not gonna say back. They're getting back. I'm I'm with Green Bay this game. Yeah. Rogers played really well, but I'm gonna go with 49ers. They're they're two and they're they're at home and yeah, Rogers looked hot, but he played the Lions like <laughs> Okay. The 49ers played the Eagles. Yeah, but yeah, that's true actually. And they kind of struggled. I mean their defense their defense has been hot. Aaron Rodgers struggled a that's week true. one game against a tough defense on the road. So I, I, I feel somewhat similar stuff's gonna happen. And then Monday night next week we got Philadelphia at Dallas in last year's NFC least. <laughs> After seeing the Eagles week one just thump the Falcons, I thought, oh wow, they might be like Hurts to Waddle might be something. Or Hurts to Devontae Smith might be something. Uh no, it was just the Falcons are that yeah, bad. Yeah, Falcons are just off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Dallas is also so up and down. And Dallas almost beat the Buccaneers too. Uh, I, I'm not too high on either of these teams. I'm gonna be completely honest. But Dallas has more consistent offensive weapons, and this is their first home game of the year. And oh, yeah. so I think, and on prime time, and with that big stadium, I think Dallas is gonna win. But not because they're much. Better than yeah. the Eagles, but just because of all those other factors. That's also a divisional game. I feel like divisional games are always closer than yeah, they should exactly. be. Who, who do you got? I have Dallas, too. It's just, yeah, the Eagles almost tricked me week one, but I'm not <laughs> falling for that. Good catch. No. 
So that wraps up our NFL talk. And then we always end with a little NBA drama. We got NBA season that starts in less than a month. Wow, this offseason feels so short. Yeah. Most of the drama this offseason has come from Ben Simmons, and that looks like it's not slowing down. So Ben Simmons now has officially stated that he will not report to training camp, and he doesn't want to be with the Sixers, even though Doc Rivers came out later and said he wanted Ben to return. And I think he said, like, they can win a championship with Simmons there. Oh my God, Doc Rivers! Yeah. <laughs> It'll be too crazy now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. I don't know about that one. Yeah, the Ben Simmons just not match with him. Both big and inside. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know what happened to Ben Simmons at the end of the year because like we've talked about this, I feel like so many times. We both we think he's good. Like he's a good yeah. player. He's very talented. He just confidence is key. And he kind of lost that at the end of the year. Facts. There was that whole huge part where he passed the ball when he could have literally dunked. On Trey Young was on him. Yeah, and Trey Young was at he, the rim. He, he wasn't. It wasn't like Trey Young was like super close. He was enough far enough for him to dunk. And if Trey Young tried to stop it, it would probably be an and one for sure. Like, but even if Trey Young was under him, he could dunk on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is Trey Young scaring you, Ben Simmons? <laughs> like, I don't know, but. So he wants to go somewhere. Honestly, I still have no idea where he'd go or where he'd fit. Yeah, I don't think there's an ideal fit for him. But like, if the price is right, I think any team would take him. Still. Yeah, but that price got to be not very good for yeah. the Seventy Sixers. That's true. And for them to deal one of their superstars, they need they need something. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Sixers could be a a piece or two away from. From being real contenders, but I don't know if it's gonna be tough to get like that piece just off of like a Ben yeah. Simmons trade. I think if Ben Simmons played like the way he played in the regular season, they could still like even with him, they would be like they would they would have definitely beat the Hawks in my opinion. That went to seven, it shouldn't have went that far if like Simmons was balling like the way he could. Yeah, but they don't get past the the Nets or the Bucks. Though they would, eh, they match up well against the Bucks. I think they're the team that size-wise matches up the best with the Bucks. But they just wouldn't do anything on offense against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's true. <laughs> that does stink, though. That uh, Simmons isn't reporting to practice. Yeah, because I don't know where else he's gonna report to. <laughs> he's gonna just be <laughs> reporting to himself soon. If he doesn't <laughs> do something. He's gonna go bleach report. <laughs> <laughs> um, does that wrap it up for th- this week? Yes, it does. I'm excited for this weekend's uh, football games, especially game day in Chicago. When we were making the picks this week for NFL, those were tough. I was like, I had to just sit and like think about like four or five of them. Exactly. I had to come back and I kept changing. Oh, absolutely. The big ones I'm like I picked, I'm still not sure about is New Orleans. Like I'm not sure about that game, and I'm not sure about the Rams. And honestly, I'm still a little iffy on the Seahawks too. So, yeah, there's a lot of iffy yeah, games here. That means it's all going to be good. Yes, a great weekend for football for sure. Wow, every weekend a great weekend for football. <laughs> exactly. I love football season. All right. That wraps it up for this week, guys. If you're still here, thank you for sticking around with us. Make sure to check out the Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. We'll be posting all our episodes there when they come out. Uh, I think that's that's it for this week. See ya.